Welcome to Beyond the Body, a podcast for women who aren't afraid to dive deep into who they are, embrace discomfort, and level up their mind, body, and life. I'm your host, Christina Slater. If you've ever struggled with body image, self-worth, or knowing how to take your fitness to the next level, you have come to the right place. We go deeper than just the latest fad diet or trending workout to provide you with the mindset tools to transform your body, upgrade your mind, and reclaim your life. Let's get into it. Hello, you guys, and welcome back to Beyond the Body. I am your host, Christina Slater. And today I am going to be talking all about protein. And in fact, I'm going to be busting the myth that it is challenging to hit your protein target or that it is hard to eat more protein because you guys, it's actually so easy to increase your protein intake when you know what you're doing. Now, the reality is a lot of people, a lot of ladies especially, they don't know what they're doing when it comes to tactics and strategies on how to actually get that good quality protein into your diet in a realistic way that fits your life. But after you listen to this episode, And as long as you actually implement some of the tools and strategies that I'm going to talk about, that challenge is going to be a thing of the past for you. Now, I remember back when I first started my fitness journey and first started my nutrition journey, I also struggled to increase my protein intake. And I struggled to eat the amount of protein that I was supposed to eat. And when I actually got a coach and realized that I was still way under eating when it came to my protein target... I felt like that was so much protein to eat. And when I started eating that much, I felt very, very full. Now, as I stayed consistent with that, and as I learned about my own body and how my body responds to different foods and different macronutrients and worked with my coach, it got so much easier over time. Your body does take time to adapt and to change. And that's why It takes time to lose fat. It takes time to do a body recomposition. It takes time to build muscle. But it's going to take a lot longer if you are struggling with your protein intake. Now, as we head into this episode and as you head into like any aspect of your fitness journey, the perspective that I want you guys to kind of open your mind to is the concept that just because something is hard for you or hard for you right now doesn't mean that it's actually challenging or that it's actually hard. It simply either means you haven't tried it or done it long enough, or you don't actually have a proper protocol. You don't know how to simplify it for yourself. There's really nothing that we as humans can't do. It's simply that we haven't learned how to actually do it. So it's really easy to just buy into the mindset of, oh, hey, eating protein is hard. Oh my God, eating 150 grams of protein a day, that's a lot. It's really hard to do that. It's not, you guys. It's really not. It's that you haven't learned how to do that yet. And you haven't learned in a way that's actually going to work for you and your body and your life. And so today, I'm going to give you guys some very simple strategies that's going to allow you to double or even maybe triple your protein intake without hardly any extra effort. But first, let's dive into why that's actually important. Because a lot of fitness professionals will tell you, oh, trust the process. And that's great. And of course, in fitness and especially nutrition, trusting the process is really important. But understanding the process is even more important because 
I can sit here and tell you guys, oh, eat your protein. But if you don't really understand why that's going to benefit you and help you achieve your goals and help you overcome the struggles that you're facing right now, you're not really going to care as much. And that's the reality of how our brains work as humans. So what's the actual benefit of increasing your protein intake and why should you care? So I'm sure everyone listening knows what calories are. Well, maybe you don't know what calories are, but you know about the concept of calories and you've probably heard about macros or macronutrients. So protein is one of your macros and protein particularly is really important for your body composition. Okay. And at Cut and Conquer, a lot of our clients join the program for a body recomp. And what that means is we're basically changing the ratio of fat to muscle on your body. Okay. So we're reducing your body fat while maintaining your lean muscle mass. Or in the case of a lot of our clients, we want to actually build lean muscle and shred off the fat. So doing a body recomp program is it's different than just trying to lose weight because when you lose weight, you're just losing random weight. You can pretty much eat anything as long as you're eating less than your maintenance calories and you're going to lose weight. But it likely, highly likely is not going to be just fat. And that is why body recomposition is kind of like an art because a lot of these little things matter. Of course, your protein intake is going to matter. Your calories are going to matter. Your meal timing is going to matter. The way we split up your meals is going to matter. Your training is going to matter, your recovery, and all of these things come together, okay? And this is going to look really different for each individual person based on who you are, your dieting history, your goals, your lifestyle, and this large array of things. But one thing that every single nutrition plan and client has in common is protein is a really large and important part of your diet. And that goes for whether your goal is to like reduce your body fat or build muscle. It is literally equally important in both cases for different reasons and some of the same reasons as well. Okay. So protein is literally the building blocks to basically everything in your body. You might have remembered that from like science class back in the day. (laughs) And another interesting thing that you may or may not know is that your body doesn't really like storing protein as fat on your body. Another important thing to know is that protein actually has a very high thermic effect of food, meaning it takes more energy to break down than it does something like a carb or a fat. So simply by eating more protein, you're actually going to be burning more calories. It's also going to help you with hunger management and with rebuilding muscle, which is one of the most important things because the more muscle we can build, the more calories we are going to burn, right? And the more calories we burn, the more effective our metabolism works. And the more effective our metabolism works, the more we can actually eat and the more effectively we can lose fat. And I mean, as if I haven't already sold you enough on why you need to be eating protein, protein itself is anabolic meaning simply by ingesting protein, you are stimulating muscle protein synthesis. And that is why you actually are going to want to eat protein multiple times per day, ideally with every meal. A lot of fitness professionals out there just tell you like the whole, if it fits your macros approach and just like hit your protein target, nothing else matters. And 
there is truth to that. Hitting your overall protein target is the most important thing, but you actually want to ideally in an optimal situation, be consuming protein at multiple different times during the day so we can optimize your muscle growth and recovery. Now, before we get into the actual tips, there are optimal protein sources and suboptimal protein sources. Now, I'm not going to say there are any bad protein sources because I don't. there's not really any bad foods. And I definitely wouldn't say there's bad sources of protein. But depending on who you are, what your goals are, and how your body responds to certain foods, um, there's going to be food choices when it comes to your protein that are going to be better or worse in your individual case. So just for example, and we're actually going to get into this and unpack this whole concept a little bit later on in the episode, but when you ingest protein, basically the proteins are broken down into polypeptide chains, chains which then break down into amino acids, which are used to build a ton of things in your body, enzymes, neurotransmitters, antibiotics, hormones, like all of this stuff. But not every source of protein, like not every food of protein contains all of the essential amino acids. Okay. So you guys, there's 20 amino acids total. Nine of them are essential, meaning you need to be consuming, eating foods that contain those essential amino acids if you want your body to be nourished properly and be able to function properly. If you are not you are going to struggle in some way. It might not be like an obvious like physical thing where like your arm's fallen off, but um, the reactions in your body are not going to be as effective as they could. You might even find you're not losing fat as effectively. You're not building muscle as effectively as you feel you could be or as other people do. And it could literally be as simple as changing out certain foods in your diet or certain combinations of food in your diet so that your nutrition is optimized. So there are foods that are complete proteins, meaning they contain all of the essential amino acids that your body actually needs. And then there are incomplete proteins. So plant-based proteins, for example, almost all of them are incomplete proteins. So if you are someone who eats a plant-based diet or maybe mostly a plant-based diet, it's going to be really important for you to make sure that you are getting all of your essential amino acids. I'm going to talk about that right at the end of the episode because I don't think I have a ton of plant-based listeners, but I know that we definitely have a few. So let's get into it. Tip number one. Now, I, I know this is like a basic tip, but I truly think this is the most important tip. This is the tip that I live by <laughs> and that I basically, all my clients live by this as well. And that is eat protein with every meal or snack, if you have snacks. Most of our clients at Cut and Conquer, they'll have like a large snack that's almost like a meal. We don't really do a ton of snacks because you guys know my opinion on snacking. But anyways, eat protein with every meal. So pick your protein source first and build your meal around that. Also, to kind of go a little deeper into that, a lot of our clients find that... They, they're either not super hungry in the morning or they're not super hungry at night. Again, it's going to depend on your body and your lifestyle. But eating lighter proteins in the morning or early afternoon will sometimes be more effective for your metabolism. So when I say a lighter protein, it would be things like egg whites, eggs. We're going to talk about that in a minute as well. Greek yogurt, cottage cheese, turkey bacon, protein powder, tuna, whitefish, chicken. Those, they're just they're lighter proteins. They're more pure protein as well, typically. 
And sometimes you're going to find that those are easier for you to consume earlier in the day. And then save those like heavier proteins, things like steak, salmon, beef. A lot of people, I mean, I don't fall into this category, but a lot of people don't enjoy eating a lot of meat. Even if they're, even if they do eat meat, they just don't want to eat meat at every meal. I'm not like that. Like I'll literally eat at every single meal all day long. But if this is the case for you, you you still want to make sure you're getting protein in during the morning, especially with breakfast, so that you don't get to the end of the day and like, yeah, sure, you might have a piece of steak, but that piece of steak at most, what's it going to have? Like at most, 50 grams of protein, which is quite a bit of steak, and 50 grams of protein for everyone listening is not enough protein for you, okay? So make sure you're getting protein in in the morning, right? And that brings me to my next tip, which is high-protein breakfast for everyone. Never, never is it a good idea. I don't like to speak in absolutes, but never is it a good idea to not have protein in your breakfast. Like the only case maybe would be if you are training fasted and training fasted decreases your performance. Sometimes we'll have clients like, eat a fast digesting carbohydrate before their training or even have like an intra-workout carb during their training. Maybe like that would be the only case. And I wouldn't actually classify that as, as breakfast. That would be like a pre-workout thing. But when I'm talking about like your main first meal of the day, put protein in it, please. A good general rule of thumb would be like minimum 25 grams of protein. Okay. For most of our clients, I would say on average, it's going to be about between 25 to 35 grams of protein in their breakfast. Sometimes we'll have, depending on the person, everyone is really different, right? So sometimes it might be like 20 grams of protein in their breakfast on the lower end, 40 on the higher. It kind of, it depends. But every single client at Cut and Conquer eats a high protein breakfast. Now let's bust a myth. Peanut butter and eggs are not good sources of protein, you guys. They have negligible amounts of protein in them. Like there is protein in peanut butter, hardly any. Peanut butter is... The it's mainly a fat source, right? And your eggs, which is funny. So eggs actually have about five grams of fat and about 6.5 grams of protein. You're like, oh, well, there is more protein than fat. And fat is not bad, you guys. Fat is essential. It is key. But it's the ratio, right? And there's nine calories per one gram of fat. So you're getting the majority of your calories from fat when it comes to something like an egg. So that's not bad. And I eat eggs literally every day. But you have to know that just eating an egg is not a high protein source, right? So what you want to do is add egg whites to your eggs. Now, the amount of egg whites is going to differ and it's going to be based on your individual target. But I wish eggs were just like larger with more egg white to yolk. You know what I'm saying? Because then you wouldn't have to add egg whites. But unfortunately, with the chickens we have these days, that's not the case. But egg whites are fantastic. Now, even if you don't like eggs, hold up because you can do so much with egg whites. They are super versatile. So you can obviously add them to eggs, which is what I do when I do like my egg scrambles or omelets or whatever the case. You can also add egg whites to oats. You can bake them, like do a baked oat variation. I don't do this because I'm weird about raw eggs. Like I don't like raw, the thought of a raw egg. (laughs) And this isn't even a raw egg. Like, yeah, you can eat a raw egg, I guess. I wouldn't recommend it. But you can add egg whites to your oats and like microwave them and then stir them and cook them that way. I still get grossed out because I'm like, oh, that's could be a raw egg in there. I don't know. But have clients who do it. have friends who do it, colleagues who do it. It could work. You can also make protein pancakes with eggs and or egg whites. You can do protein crepes. 
basically adding egg whites to anything is going to make it high protein. Okay. You can do oat muffins. You can do a quiche. A lot of our clients at Cut and Conquer do our quiche recipe, which is amazing. It's super delicious. I love it. You can do like an egg bake. I actually saw people doing like an egg. What's it called? Like a, I don't know what it's called. Like an egg bake in an air fryer, which looked pretty cool. But anyways, shout out to egg whites. Because even if you just don't like plain egg whites, you can cook them into so many things. Next tip. Okay. Substitute your sour cream for Greek yogurt. Okay. Replace sour cream with Greek yogurt. 0% plain Greek yogurt. It actually tastes way better than sour cream. It's thicker than sour cream. You will love me for it. It might be weird at the start if you're really, really used to like eating a bunch of sour cream, but if you kind of blend it into things, you will not notice it. If you're someone who adds sour cream to like potatoes or like taco salads or tacos, it's so good. And on the note of Greek yogurt, so I actually cut dairy out of my diet completely, basically almost one full year ago. I've been 100% dairy-free for almost a full year now. I have like an extreme... I'm not lactose intolerant, but I have like an extreme sensitivity to dairy. It makes like my skin break out like crazy. I couldn't figure it out. Well, it sounds crazy. I couldn't figure it out. But I was having like breakouts all over my back like last year and the year prior to sporadically. And no matter what I did or changed or took or didn't take, like it was not going away until I cut out dairy. So I just have like a really bad inflammatory response to dairy. It makes my stomach uncomfortable. It makes my whole body feel inflamed. And like when I cut it out last year, I felt so much better. And it was a bit challenging to cut out at the beginning because Greek yogurt was one of my favorite things. And even like feta cheese, I really liked feta cheese. I've never, I've not been a big cheese person unless like, it's funny. I don't like cheese on things. You guys cheese on things is gross. This is my unpopular opinion. I know everyone loves cheese. If I'm doing like a charcuterie board, I can eat the cheeses. Like "Mm, that's delicious. I love it. But like to me, cheese on pizza, cheese on pasta, ew, cheese on anything, like it ruins it. (laughs) Except for feta cheese on my eggs, but I cut that out. Literally no dairy, zero dairy, nothing dairy. Even if there's like an ounce of dairy in something, I'm like, nope, can't do it. The only thing I keep that might be not 100% true on what I'm saying is certain proteins. Because I know like a whey isolate is dairy-based, so I still actually do consume those and I'm totally fine. But When I cut dairy out of my diet, I had a great life. (laughs) My life improved. However, like the coaches at Cut and Conquer, Brit, Ramsia, like they eat dairy. The majority of our clients eat dairy. There's nothing wrong with dairy unless you're like myself and you have a particular sensitivity to it. And sensitivities can change you guys. I actually developed a random sensitivity to chicken in like 2018. Could not eat chicken for about a year and a half. And then it went away. Super weird. So I still, I'm still not a big chicken person, to be honest. It's my least favorite meat. But you guys, Greek yogurt, I still, even though I don't eat it anymore, I still freaking love it. (laughs) And you do 0% plain Greek yogurt, cut out that nasty Activia, Dano, whatever that yogurt, that shit yogurt is. It's sugar shit. Don't eat it. Like there's nothing wrong with sugar, but don't waste your calories on shitty yogurt. Get the good stuff. So you get the Greek yogurt, the like Icelandic Greek yogurt, fantastic. And you mix your protein powder and make sure you get a good protein powder and mix it in good. My mom just like, I don't know why she does it. She like just dry scoops the protein on her yogurt and like eats it. I'm like, how are you not choking to death right now? I don't know. Anyways, we called it like the, <laughs> we were joking around and called it the protein challenge because you know, the cinnamon challenge and then you like choke to death on cinnamon. That's what it looked like my mom was going to do with the protein. So anyway, get a good protein. I'm going to talk about my protein powder recommendations here in a minute. You mix it into the yogurt. 
And then you can top it with berries, melted berries if you want, frozen berries. You can add nuts. You can add your toppings. You can do like a little cut up protein bar in there. It's so good. You can even freeze it or you can do like a frozen yogurt bark, drizzle it with stuff. You can add sugar-free syrup or whatever kind of syrup you want to add. Delicious dessert game changer. You can eat it for breakfast. Now moving on to cottage cheese. So again, when the fad of blended cottage cheese started blowing up, I was already eating dairy-free. So I never actually tried it, but I know Britt does it. I know quite a few of our clients have done it and they've actually made like a cottage cheese cheesecake. The cottage cheese in itself is a great source of protein. It's great food. If you're not a big fan of cottage cheese, because I know the chunky clumps are not everyone's cup of tea, you can blend it up and you can make so many things. Brittany does like, I don't like, I don't like anything creamy. It grosses me out, you guys. Alfredo sauce grosses me out. But Britt does like a cottage cheese Alfredo sauce. It looks fantastic if you like Alfredo sauce. It doesn't like I don't, but just lots of cool ways to use these protein sources. Another one, if you are a coffee drinker. So I typically drink my coffee black or I like something added to it. Not sugar, like not sweetness. I like to add soy milk to my coffee typically. But what I'll do sometimes is I will add protein powder to my coffee. But here's the important info, you guys. Here's the scoop. Literally the scoop of protein, you know? So you cannot, I repeat, cannot add protein powder to a extremely hot beverage. Do not do it. It will clump, it will cook, it will taste disgusting, or it will blow up. If you add protein into a shaker cup with hot liquid and you shake it, it will blow up. (laughs) Do not do it. Trust me, it will blow up. It'll go all over your house. Hopefully not all over your body because it will burn you and it will not taste good because the protein will cook into clumps, okay? So what you do instead is you make your hot coffee, then you take whatever you are going to add to it. Like I do soy milk, but if you're going to do milk or cream or almond milk or whatever, or worst case, just do like water. And even if you don't like watery coffee, like add a tiny bit of your coffee and just put a tiny bit of water. And then you add the protein into that little bit of liquid that's cool and you shake it up and you mix it up good. And then you pour that into your coffee. Okay. So you're making like a high protein cream based liquid and then you pour that into your coffee. Okay. Um, You can also do like a hot chocolate variation. I used to get that hot chocolate protein, the diesel one, and basically do the exact same thing I just mentioned, but add it into coffee. It was really delicious. And then the next tip, I mean, I'm kind of already talking about it, but it is supplement with a protein powder. Protein powders and creatine is are like the two supplements that are basically like no brainers, so much research, like they are guaranteed to help you out. (laughs) So protein powder, there is a, a few things to know. You want to check your label If you're someone who's looking to lose fat, to lose weight, you want to get a very pure protein powder because you don't want your protein powder to be a source of carbs and fats for you. If there's a little bit in there, totally okay. Like I'm talking like under two, three grams of carbs and under two grams of fat. Ideally, yes, I know obviously carbs and fats make things taste so good, but there's a little payoff sacrifice if you want to stay on point with your calories and hit your nutrition targets and get to your goals, right? So I'd rather for my clients anyways, I tell them like, eat your carbs and your fats from your food sources. It's going to keep you full. Keep your protein powder for the protein. However, if you're doing a build or bulk or looking to build muscle, you can usually get away with a protein powder that has a little bit more carbs or fats to it because you're going to be eating an excess of calories. You're going to be in that surplus. But most whey isolate proteins, which is what I use in the majority of our clients that Cut and Conquer use, they taste really freaking good. So protein powder, add it to a smoothie, add it to your yogurt, bake it into pancakes, add it to cream cheese, make a cream cheese dip, and then dip your apples in it. Really good. Back when I ate cream cheese. <laughs> so another thing, a lot of people will say, oh, I don't like the taste of protein or I don't like the like chalkiness or consistency. 
Some are better than others and worse and vice versa. I am not a big fan of drinking protein powder. I just, I don't prefer it. I'm not that picky, but I just don't prefer it. So I actually will typically take my protein and I will mix it with a tiny, tiny bit of water and I will eat it like a paste. Sounds weird, but I don't know. It tastes really good to me. You just have to add the water in drop by drop very gradually. I literally put the water on a spoon and then I drizzle it into the protein because some protein, especially the protein isolate whey, will like, you'll think you only added like a tablespoon of water and it will turn into like a whole drink. So you literally have to add it like drop by drop until you get to know your protein powder and you know how much water you can get in to it and make it the consistency that you like. Because then if you don't, you have like this awkward soupy protein that's just like awkward to eat, right? So add it in drop by drop, drizzle by drizzle, you guys. Protein powders that I like. Now I'm sure there's more. These were just the ones that I jotted down because they just popped into my head. Believe, Believe Supplements is basically all I use during my prep. And they were fantastic. Like I just wish they had more flavors because their flavors are so good of all their supplements, but they don't have a ton. So I would just get sick of them because I ate and drank so many of their like EAAs, BCAAs, and their protein. They don't have a ton of flavors of protein. So I don't know. I just... I was getting tired of them, so I switched. But their flavors are fantastic. Like probably the best I've had. Diesel also... Diesel, I think it's Perfect Sports as the actual brand. Diesel is like the protein, but they also make pretty good, pretty darn good protein. TC Nutrition used to be my go-to. They did switch their formula and I haven't tried all of their products since then. So I can't say for sure, but they used to be one of my go-tos. Recently, I've been purchasing Limitless Pharma. I like them as well, but I there's their their pre-workout, their BCAAs are really tasty. The whipped caramel chocolate protein is fantastic. The Ferrero Rocher one, I didn't really like. However, I also hate hazelnut, so that could be the reason. I also recently tried the coffee crisp. I don't know if it was coffee crisp, but like crispy coffee or whatever. And I didn't love that one, but their products are really, really clean. And there's a lot of flavors as well. And like, I feel like that company has a ton of potential and they all do third-party testing. So I'm still investigating that one. But so far, I've liked it. I've liked it. If you're not a big protein person as well, there are protein powders you can buy. Revolution brand has one that don't taste like protein. They taste like fruit. So it's more like a like a refreshing drink. They're usually called protein refreshers. And Believe just came out with a few that I haven't tried. So there's lots of options, you guys, for protein. Just check the label. Ideally, get third-party tested and make sure you're getting the type of protein that you need for your goals. Next tip, this is a fun one, bone broth. Okay, bone broth actually has a ton of health benefits and that usually is packed with minerals when you're getting the real bone broth, not like the random shit you buy at the store that's like, I don't know what, I don't even know what that is. Like it's, I don't know what it is to be honest, but you want to get like the real organic bone broth. Usually it's going to have anywhere from like eight to 15 grams of protein per cup. So check the label because if it doesn't have anywhere close to that, then it's not the real right shit. And if you add that to your rice, when you're cooking your rice, you're going to have rice with a higher protein content, which is also pretty cool. And then it has some um, gut health benefits as well. So that's just a little extra tip to get more protein in. Now, here's the thing. So it depends who you are, where your fitness level is, what your goals are with nutrition and whatnot. I'm personally not a fan of, what do we call it? Like additive, like proteins, sorry, like foods that are supplemented with protein, like protein chips, protein bars, they, I would say it's a better choice than having like a bag of chips, (laughs) like Lay's or whatever. 
It's a better choice to have like Quest chips, of course. But ideally, like you want the majority of your protein and of your food coming from a clean whole food source if you want optimal progress. Like people are going to tell you otherwise. It's just fucking not true. Like eat clean foods. The best foods are foods that don't have labels on them, foods that come from the earth. But there's also the unrealistic, unsustainable aspect of that where like sometimes some people are going to want to have a bag of chips. Have a bag of Quest chips. Totally cool. Sometimes you're going to have want a sweet thing. Have a protein bar. Just know that like a protein bar isn't just protein. In fact, most of the calories coming from a protein bar are going to come from your carbs and your fats. So it's just important to be educated on these things and know what you are consuming. Okay. I'm, I'm just so big on whole foods because they also contain micronutrients. Like they contain vitamins, they contain minerals, protein bars, and these foods with extra protein, like they can be great complements to a very healthy diet overall, but they also have added fillers. They have sugar alcohols. And those aren't the worst things in the world, but they're not ideal to have all the time. Okay. All right, moving on. So another cool tip that's just going to help you boost your protein intake is pair your animal proteins with a plant protein. So what I mean by that is, for example, you're having ground turkey, that'd be like your plant or your animal-based protein, add adamame beans, really good plant-based protein there. If you're having salmon, have it with quinoa. Okay, quinoa, really good plant-based protein. Beans have it with chicken, right? So pair a plant-based with an animal protein. You're going to already boost the protein content of that meal. All right. Now, super relevant if you are vegetarian, vegan, plant-based, any of the those things, make sure you are complementing proteins properly. So without getting into the science of it, I'm just going to give you guys some pairings that will give you your essential amino acids, rice and beans, oats and peanuts, chickpeas and particular pastas or whole grains, peas and corns, corns. Are there multiple kinds of corns, you guys? I don't know. Lentils and walnuts, soybeans, sesame seeds, sunflower seeds, chickpeas, things like this. So if you're plant-based, jot those down, write those down. You want to make sure your body is getting the actual essential amino acids that it needs to build what your body needs to function, all right? Next tip, pre-plan your day. Pre-plan your day. If you're a client, I don't care if you're doing flexible dieting and you're tracking your macros in the app. I don't care if you're doing a nutrition plan and you're following your specific nutrition guide. You have to pre-plan. If you are taking a fucking shot in the dark, your goals are going to be a shot in the dark. You need to have a plan for the day. It's so challenging to just wing something and achieve anything. Like It's nearly impossible. So you have to have a plan going into your day. When you are a beginner, you're going to have to have a more elaborate plan because you're not going to have the experience or the knowledge to be able to just like eyeball things and know what you need and know what you can switch and swap and what you can substitute for different foods because you're not going to have that level yet. So when you're first starting your fitness journey, you need to know like, what am I eating today? Where are these nutrients coming from? How am I going to make sure that I hit these targets and that everything aligns by the end of the day so that I can ensure I'm on the proper road to my goals? As you get more advanced, realistically right now, myself, I've been doing this for so long, so consistently for so many years. If I wanted to, I could eyeball all of my portions. I would say 95% perfectly and lose weight, gain weight, adjust things just by eyeballing it because that's how precise I am. And I know I'm talking myself up, but it's true. I can literally cook a massive bowl, massive pan of anything, anything, eggs, beef, potatoes, whatever. I can look at it and divide it up and be like, oh, I know that that's exactly 120 grams, 120 grams. This is like a 400 gram pot that I just consumed. I'm going to divide it into this many things. That's going to get my servings. 
I weighed out and it's literally within one to two grams. I swear, you guys, I am not full of shit. You can ask my spouse. He will say like, yes, that's her skill. That's her hidden talent. It's not really a hidden talent though because I couldn't do that when I first started my fitness journey. So the more advanced you get, the better you will become at knowing what to eat, knowing how to portion, knowing how to pre-plan your day. No matter who you are though, if you're a beginner, no matter what style of dieting you are doing, if you want more clarity on like what flexible dieting is versus a meal plan, nutrition plan, that sort of thing, I do have a podcast on that that breaks it down specifically like what we do at Cut and Conquer. I can't remember what episode it is, you guys. I'm like trying to Google it. It's called Meal Plans versus Macros. So it's like one of the the more recent episodes. You can check that one out if you are interested. Episode 107. There we go. The one thing everything has in common though is you must meal prep. There are so many different options for meal prep. You don't have to do the conventional, put everything in a Tupperware container and life's great. There's so many options. I have another episode that is just on meal prep and different strategies, no matter who you are. If you work shift work, if you're a busy mom, if you work like travel for your job, it's episode 63. Highly recommend. Our clients love it. It has helped so many people get a handle on proper nutrition meal prep for their life. And then the the most important tip, I don't know why I left this one till the end, you guys, is know how much protein you actually need to consume, right? know how many grams of protein you need to consume. And I know my clients know this, but just in case someone listening doesn't, just because you eat, let's say 100 grams of chicken breast, and you're like, oh, chicken breast is a protein. That is not 100 grams of protein. Okay, It's 100 grams of a food that contains protein. 100 grams of chicken breast is going to be closer to somewhere between 20 to 25 grams of protein, depending on the chicken itself, right? So make sure you know what you're eating and you know how much protein you actually need. You also need to know how many calories you need. You need to know how many carbs you need and how many fats you need and how many vegetables you need, which are also sort carbs, right? So if you don't know that, you need to know that if you actually want to achieve anything because I know it sounds overwhelming. And I remember when I first started my fitness journey, way, way, way back in the day. And someone was like, oh, well, how much protein are you supposed to be eating? I'm like, I don't know. And I looked it up. I was like, oh, I'm supposed to have 150 grams. I'm like, okay, what does that mean to me? Right. And I was like, oh my God, this is so overwhelming. I don't even want to learn this. I'm just going to try to eat more protein. And that's what I would do. I'd just be like, oh, I'm just going to try to eat more protein. And like, I'm going to eat less carbs because I think carbs aren't like ideal for me. I don't really know, but like, that's what I'm going to try to do. And then I wouldn't see success. I would see like a little bit of progress and then nothing. And I'd get discouraged. I would fall off track. And I know that's what a lot of people do. So I promise you, it is not confusing. It's just not being explained to you properly or it is not being laid out in a simple form that is easy for you to understand and easy for you to implement into your life. And you guys, even if, let's just say, for argument's sake, let's say it is a bit confusing, it's worth figuring out because the worst feeling in the world is discouragement, is disgust in your body, is feeling like lost and like... Like there's something wrong with you because you haven't seen progress and you've been working so hard. That's the most frustrating thing when you put in all this work and you don't see results. And I guarantee you, it is your nutrition that is causing that, okay? Nutrition changes the game. You can bust your ass in the gym. You can work so hard. You can do all this stuff, right? You can work on your mindset. But if your nutrition, I'm sorry, this is the full truth, you guys. If your nutrition is not in alignment with your goals, you will not see and feel the changes in your body, Nutrition is so important. Again, a lot of people ask me like, I'm trying to lose weight. Should I do more cardio or should I eat less? And it's not as simple as just eating less, but diet is so much more powerful than cardio. And I am a fan of cardio. I personally like cardio. A lot of my clients do a bit of cardio. I don't push a ton of cardio on my clients. That's not my style. 
But for example, it'll take you an hour to burn off 300 calories doing cardio if you're going intensely, truly. It'll take you an hour to burn off 300 calories. That same 300 calories, you can consume that in 30 seconds when you eat four bites of cake, right? So think about that. 30 seconds to consume 300 calories or an hour of intense cardio to burn that off. And you think that doing cardio is going to fix your problem? No, it's getting your diet in order. And it doesn't mean eating less or cutting out things that you enjoy. It means knowing what you need to eat and knowing how to structure your day so that you can enjoy certain foods, you can consume the foods you love and make sure that you're hitting those overall targets and being on track for the week with your nutrition goals. Because yeah, you need to know how much protein you need to consume. Otherwise, again, you're taking a shot in the dark. So you're probably like, okay, well, Christina, just tell me. Now, I'm going to give you a a concept and I'm going to explain why it's not a good one. (laughs) Okay. So you've probably seen or heard on the internet like 0.8 to 1.3 grams of protein per pound of body weight or per pound of lean body mass. Okay. So 0.8 to 1.3 grams of protein per, sometimes it'll say body weight, sometimes it'll say per pound of lean body mass. Okay. Both of those are skewed. However, both of those can also be correct. That's why I'm saying this isn't, it's not really a good concept. At Cut and Conquer, myself and the coaches, we never use a calculator to determine someone's calories or macros or what we're doing with their nutrition because calculators just give you a snapshot based on the ideal situation for some average person of that. And it doesn't even break everything down that you need to know. So we always get our clients to do an intake form so that we know exactly what's been happening with them because we need to know dieting history. Like, the ideal person who weighs 150 pounds, who has a goal to lose weight, who whatever, just break down the ideal, not the ideal, break down the typical average person who weighs 150 pounds, what they do, right? Sure, maybe they should eat 150 grams of protein. But like if that person was eating 20 grams of protein previously, there's no way in hell they're going to be able to go from 20 grams of protein to 150 grams of protein, right? So it's very context dependent upon preferences and history and so many things. So let's say you're a 150 pound person and you're using the formula, you're going to go, okay, well, I want to be a little bit higher protein. Maybe I have a little more muscle mass. So I'm going to go 1.3 times my body weight, which will give you 195 grams of protein. Sure, that could be right, but it also might not be right. Another way to kind of illustrate this, let's say you weigh 300 pounds, right? Let's say you have a significant amount of body fat to lose when I'm talking body composition wise. So 300 pounds and a lot of that is body fat. So let's, in that case, take even the lower range of that number. So let's times it by 0.8. So that would mean that a 300-pound individual who wants to lose weight would be eating 240 grams of protein. That's a lot of protein, right? That's 960 calories of protein. Now, let's say for argument's sake, now this is on the low end for calories. I'm just going to use a typical number because I know that most of you guys will probably know what this number of calories looks like. Let's say that person was eating 1,600 calories. Okay, that means 60% of their calories was coming from protein, leaving 40% for your carbs and your fats, which is not enough. Not enough, (laughs) right? So that's why it's very context-dependent in which you can't just plunk a formula in to figure this stuff out. Not to mention your metabolism is going to change over time, as are your goals. So there's going to be times when you are going to need to know when to pivot, when to increase, when to decrease different macronutrients. For example, for myself, if I took the upper range, upper end range of that formula, and I weigh about 120 pounds right now and times it by 1.3, I would get 156 grams of protein. You might think like, oh, that seems pretty pretty correct. 
but I eat almost 100 grams more protein than that. Meaning I eat almost 400 calories more protein than what that formula would tell me I should be eating. So a better way to figure it out is to kind of establish your maintenance calories, your real maintenance calories. And then you're going to want to have anywhere from 25 to 40% of your calories coming from protein. And that's going to depend on your goals, your lifestyle, and your food preferences, as well as your dieting history. Okay. For the most part. And like, it just illustrates like how so many people are like not eating enough food or under eating in terms of nutrients and nutrition, but overeating in calories. Right. And when you're doing that, you are literally digging yourself a metabolic grave that is going to be very challenging to break out of because you're going to have to do a reverse diet. You're going to have to eat more over time. It's going to be very challenging for you to lose weight. And it's just, it's so important, you guys, to just have the education and have the roadmap and have the accountability and someone there who knows when things need to change with your nutrition. Because another mistake is people try to change things all the time. They do something for a week and then, oh, it didn't work. I need to change it. Or they do it for two weeks. Oh, it didn't work. I need to change it. It takes your body like two weeks to kind of adapt, right? And you can't just go by, oh, I didn't lose weight. Because when you start a different plan, like especially if you're doing training at the same time, like your body is going to have a response to that new training and it's probably going to cause inflammation. So your weight's probably going to go up no matter if your diet is working or your diet isn't working. So you can't just go by number on the scale. You have to go by trend over time and you have to give it enough time to actually get enough data, right? So you probably don't want to be messing with your nutrition more than once every like three to five weeks. Because you need to see if it's actually working. And in order to do that, you need to have enough data and you need to have enough time of consistency. And again, you have to be consistent with it because if you're not consistent, all of the data is skewed anyways, right? So you guys, hopefully this one helps you guys out. Hopefully you guys are all going to hit those protein targets with ease. And if you got value, please let me know. I love to hear from the listeners. I love to hear what you guys want more of. Take a screenshot, share it to your Instagram story, tag me at Nipina, and I'll see you in the next episode. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of Beyond the Body. If you're getting value from the podcast, please don't forget to follow, rate, and review. It really goes a long way. And if you're ready to take your mind and body to the next level and you want to work closely with me and my team, head over to my Instagram page at Nyfina and tap the link in my bio to fill in a coaching application to see if Cut and Conquer can help you transform your life.